This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello, sweet angel babies. This is Lisa Traeger. This is Enemies. Thanks for joining us the first time or you've listened to every single episode. I obviously like one of you more than the other. We are back from a controversial episode last week. Um, And it was funny because people were like, I kind of hated him. I'm like, yeah, it's called Enemies. (laughs) Like that will be that will be something that happens on the show. Tonight we have one of my closest friends. um, But if you remember the Solomon Giorgio episode and if you haven't listened to it listen to it but we talked about how I kicked someone out of my house at the start of the pandemic and that she was able to teach me forgiveness in my life and so that is the guest today Um, a great great friend my FaceTime confidant like gives the best advice gives the most um, beautiful time and energy uh, to her friends and the people around her and so caring, so beautiful, in and out, so funny, talented, incredible, um, loves junk food like me, loves, you know, seafood like me. So yeah, it's pretty amazing. I am in New York right now. Um, I'm sitting, um, 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 can I please just stop umming for the love of God? But um, I am in an apartment. I'm in my friend's apartment. He's in my apartment in LA with his amazing fiance and I'm watching their two cats. And I would say, I'm sorry if you're listening, your cats are my enemies. I'm going to post photos on the Instagram, but they have these like woven knitted chandelier lamp things. The cats were jumping, hanging off of the chandeliers. They knock down anything that's anywhere. My stuff is everywhere. They started biting my legs on the toilet. I, I wake up to them just they just want stuff their litter's disgusting I love animals but it's been a struggle it's been a struggle for me in the beginning it was like oh my sweet new friends I love you taking photos petting them and then today as they bit my ankles as I was you know I obviously have destroyed my system my stomach here in New York for me it's all about the bagel, the pizza, I'm pretty basic. You know, I want corned beef. Oh my God, I did St. Patrick's Day. Okay, I had the best St. Patrick's Day. My friend Kilgallen, obviously Irish, uh, came to visit from Chicago. My bestie Julia, who will be a future guest on this. And Lane, Julia's boyfriend of 10 years was there and we just had the best St. Patrick's Day around New York. We ate so much. I met my friends at the bar at 1.30 p.m. I got home at like three in the morning. It was all day, all night adventure, walking around this gorgeous city. It's so cliche to love New York as much as I do and think it's the best, but my smile is huge here. The buildings, the people, the energy, the music. I just love it here. It brings my heart alive, but I do live in LA and I will be going home in two days. I should just get into it, but I do want to keep talking. I fell again. So if you're counting, that is three falls in the month, sprained my ankle, came and ate some pizza, toppled over. And with the casualness I got up, I think everyone was shocked. And it's like, well, I've been falling all week, so I don't need any of your help. My knees are in such pain walking up these apartments. I'm going to have to pay my Uber driver to carry my luggage down like extra, give him some cash, maybe a handy JK. That's disgusting, but maybe. Well, 
Well, you know what? I do want to give advice. Always listen to your instincts and gut. I work on that all the time. It's hard to, you know, sometimes you betray yourself, but I'm always focused on like, do what you feel, do what you feel. And I was going to wear these other shoes and I was like, no, you should just wear these fucking blisters. I had to walk like a far way. My feet were bleeding in pain. And I'm like, listen to your gut. Always listen to your gut, but not when your gut is telling you to order White Castle at 1.40 in the morning. When that is what your gut says, maybe don't do it. I mean, I've been shitting, I would say, eight times a day in New York. It, it is a disaster. Like... But I'm going to eat really expensive seafood tonight at El Penguino in Greenpoint. So if you ever want some really amazing food in a casual but sexy, classy vibe. None of this made sense. But I did meet my guest in New York. She lives in LA now. She just wrote on a show that is a secret and I can't tell you. Yeah, yeah, da, 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 da. She gets lots of Instagram deals because she's so beautiful. So check out her Instagram, um, JustyDBW. Um, also, she has a new podcast out with Spotify called Peak 2000s um, with Marie Faustin, who's incredible. And we actually, the first night when I was still in love with the cats, she came over and we smoked weed and watched the cats like run around and it was really fucking cute but that's before they started biting my ankles you can check out sydney's one woman show uh called it's a solo show i shouldn't say one woman show it's a solo show it's called how to start a fire and she's been performing it everywhere she also has a podcast with marie called unofficial expert on patreon we're gonna be getting into the nitty-gritty of life but also we have your calls and so we'll be answering some calls and giving some advice and don't forget to always call in with your problems 323-677-1943 get super excited for sydney washington Sydney, hello. How are you? Oh, we just going right into it. Okay. <laughs> All of a sudden, I feel so weird trying to be professional. Because you know we're not professional. We First of all, do they know that we talk every single day? We talk often. That's actually, you know, I always appreciate your calls. I love getting attention from you. I love our FaceTimes together. You're always there for me. But if I don't answer, you don't like that. I'm very aggressive when you're busy. It's it's bad. It, like, it's a DM. And that's hot it's girl text. shit. It's not a hot girl. <laughs> yes, it's just it a codependency thing. It's a oh. it's a lesbian thing. It's a, like you're my friend, but my partner too. So it's just like, wait, like where are you? What are you doing? Yeah, I'll get a text because it's like I would never not answer, but I always yeah. It's the text that's like, I called you. Did you not see? <laughs> oh, so you're just never calling me back? And I'm like, <laughs> truly, well, I always do. No, bitch, because it'll be like six dashes on your stories after I didn't called you. Yeah, but I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll just be like, it'll be like a sticker of something. And I'm like, that's what that's why you can't pick up. What do you mean? What sticker? It'll, you know, you'll have like emojis on something like you'll just you're like, oh, like I'm too busy making an emoji. Yeah. Like, but as someone that also gets sad, but uh, you may I get it. I get insulated. Yeah. No, not insulated. Intr- Introverted. Isolated. Yeah. Isolated. Isolated. Yeah. Isolated. Isolated. <laughs> Isolated. We know words. We got them. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and so sometimes it's also like, oh, I'm falling asleep. Yeah, maybe not right now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was driving and I rejected and then you called again. I did. Oh, yeah, and sometimes I'll be recording um, <laughs> something and yes. everything disappears and I'll reject it and then you do it again. And I'm like, <laughs> I will be there for you. I always call you when you're doing the podcast. 
pod, always. I know Kara is tired of me because no. I stay calling. It's like I should know your schedule because you usually run it down for me the night before. Okay, I have pop, 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 pop. What I want to know. Yes. How many people are you FaceTiming and talking to on the daily? On a regular? I'm going to say five. So it's 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 you, Marie, Larry, um, Jojo, and well, Jojo's the girlfriend. Yes. so she doesn't count. Of course, you're going to talk to each yeah. other all the time, right? Um, and then uh, Julia Shiplet. See, because I was curious about your list because others claim they talk to you all the time. Oh, who? Mateo. Oh, yes, Mateo, too. Oh, my God, I'm such a bitch. But you know what? Mateo's been traveling a lot, so I can't catch him all that. He'll, like, oh, I'm on a plane. Oh, I'm at a show. Oh, like, he's he's just not a, as available now. And do they always answer? Are you aggressive to everyone who might not yes, answer? Yes, I am aggressive to everybody. But for the most part, y'all pick up. Okay, yeah. No, we not. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're scared. Right. <laughs> no, I'm not a bully. Don't do that. Don't do that on your platform and call me a no, bully. You're that, not a bully. Yeah. I, well, you know what it is? It, I, I'm a very anxious person. And when somebody doesn't pick up, I immediately think they're mad at me. They're mad at me. I did something wrong. It's, it's the mento. I'm mentally ill, so I'm unwell. And that's. What did you call it? Mento. Mento. Yeah. Me, me and Larry, we call it mento, mental illness. Um, but yeah, I, I automatically think something's wrong. So it's, it's a me thing. It's not y'all. Y'all are doing your thing. You're, you're living your life. You're trying to, actually, you guys need to really put boundaries on me. Y'all let me run wild. And it's, well, because like I said, I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy the chat, but I definitely, I get stressed when I get a text that goes, oh, so you're just never calling me back? <laughs> and I'm at an airport and I'm like, oh my God, like that's, uh, that's when I get um, stressed out. Yeah. But I like um, having someone to discuss. And, you know, Danielle Byer Jackson, our friendship coach, first episode, mm -hmm. something that stuck with me is she said, friends are people you can be fully yourself around. Yes. And so... Even I could tell you if I'm annoyed or I can answer and go, leave me, you know, like yeah. I'm not really scared of you being mad. No, no. You're very honest with me. You're very blunt. And you'll tell me like when you're in a bad mood or you had a bad day or you're like, this is not the time you're you're really good at that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm just being consistent with everybody. It's not just you. And have you dealt with anxiety forever? Um, no, I dealt with anxiety when I got sober. As soon as I got sober, I just I've never felt this in until now until like what is that six six years ago I, I started getting sober uh but before I mean I would be on a whole a ball of cocaine working during a uh, busy hours people needing me from it and I would not feel anxious I would be like oh this is a breeze but now I am completely just raw to everything and I'm I'm just on edge. You have to feel your feelings. Yeah. Everything, everything is too much. It is, you know, just a couple days of not smoking weed mm -hmm. and it's like I will cry. Yeah. I will fully feel too much, but mm -hmm. that's how you like experience the world, I guess. Yeah. And that's why I think I cling to my friends a lot because when we're talking, I feel good. I don't feel anxious. I feel like if I do have a problem and I'm telling you about it, you'll be like, well, bitch, like you're living your life. You're doing comedy. You're getting booked. Like, what do you mean? Like you check me and you let me know when I'm just being like the, the anxiety is just taking over. Well, also in our line of work and the amount of time we spend on social media, mm -hmm. it's easy to forget how much you are doing. 
Yes. Because you're comparing to like all the things that people are posting, not just you, but all of us. And so then all of a sudden you don't think you're actually doing as much as you are. Okay, but the gag is, the gag is I want everything, but I don't want to do nothing. Like, every time there's more things to do, I'm like, oh, I can't do it. I can't respond to that email. There's just too much. Oh, I have five things to do in one day? That's, no, no. That's what I'm dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not really used to working all day. Like, yesterday, I legit worked from 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and I was like, oh, I don't do this. No, you were that bitch. Like, I am actually so proud of you. You are, I switched it up. You're so motivated, and you're always doing something, and you're always working and researching and talking and being funny and, like, watching some random reality show that I'm like, I'm not into that, but she made it fun. You know, like, you're always doing something, and you're not just made up. Yeah, but... You know there's laid up. Oh yeah. Weeks. Yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> there's laid up. <laughs> but I don't I don't pay attention to that. No, All I pay attention to is the the thrive. The the work that you do and the 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 change that you've made. Yeah. As a friend, all I see is, oh, you you are doing your thing and you're getting better and just from like 2 years ago. Thank you. It's a it's a complete 180. Have you ever um had to deal with jealousy with your friends? Um I think uh yes, Marie. I, that's my best friend. We've been friends since like the first day we met and she's just like magnetic, charismatic, beautiful, funny, mean, witty, brilliant. Like she is free. And so, um, when I was first started getting sober, I was like, look at this free ass bitch, just living, having fun. She doesn't have to get wasted. She doesn't have to do drugs. Like she'll smoke or have one drink, but she doesn't need it. She's just, Everything that I would want to be, it, but like sober, you know? And so in the beginning, I had to check myself a lot. Like people would ask her to do stuff and they wouldn't ask me or um, she would get stuff and I wouldn't get it. And, you know, I just had to be like, this is my friend. You know that she's more than capable and if anything, deserving of this. Why are you jealous? Like you should be, if anything, rooting for her the most and being like, oh, my God, my friend got this, you know, and. In hopes, like, oh, maybe she'll look out for me. Maybe she'll put in a word for me, too. And she does. She always does. So, like, in the beginning, I was very on edge because I was like, I'm not as good as her. She's just, like, phenomenal. She can think of anything and make it funny and, like, also be mean and everybody love her. And so that's, she's just so cool. So, and I grew up like a nerd and low-key loser. So I'm hanging out with somebody I'm, that I'm like, oh, this is the girl that I wanted to be in high school so now I'm like so obsessed with her and I mean I like yelled to the mountaintop she's so amazing and I, I don't get jealous anymore because I'm like and I feel like she's yelling that about you as well yes yes no absolutely absolutely but Marie's very Haitian so she she wants <laughs> she loves that oh you don't know what she's thinking or how she feels so it's power it's power like I know that she loves me she doesn't say it a lot but I know that she does and I know that when I'm not around her, I know that she's like saying nothing but amazing things about me as well. Did you ever, did your jealousy ever act out or did it come out in fucked up ways? Then you had to check yourself? Mm, no, like, it, it was past it or it was just internal. Like, did you no, ever tell her inter- I'm jealous? No, it's internal. I think we've been on like, you know, the podcast and I've said like, oh, I've been jealous before, but she hasn't really seen it because. I'm more, I'm scared of someone seeing that of me. I, I'm scared of like revealing that and being that person because soon as somebody shows you that they're jealous of you, then you're very weary and you're like, well, what is, 
what is the point of this? Like, aren't you should be happy for me. But I've also realized that jealousy is is a natural thing and you should be allowed to do that. And you should understand that if someone's jealous, you a bad bitch. You're doing what you want to you doing something that somebody either wants to do or is upset that they're not doing it as well. Yeah, you still want all that negative energy. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, emotions just happen and it's how you then act on them. It's yeah. like, what's important? Yeah, and we talk every day and we have, like, such amazing communication that whenever I'm feeling some kind of way, I tell her and she'll she'll be like, Sydney, you, you'll, she'll list the things that I'm doing and she's like, people don't ask me to do blah, blah, blah. And, like, you're so nice. People will never call you mean. Like, what do you mean? Like, I... I get the brunt of stuff sometimes that you don't know because of my personality. So, you know, it's it's very, we're very transparent with each other. And that transparency has helped me not be jealous. So you mentioned how she's the mean one, you're the nice one. She's not mean. She's no, just I know, very but honest. In she's terms very blunt. of yeah. like, if we were gonna do a sitcom, yeah. she's mean, you're nice. Yes, right. You know, two broke girls, one's mm. poor, one's rich. I yeah. guess they're two broke girls. Never yeah. mind. Um, <laughs> there's two of them. Okay, you know, you know the plot. <laughs> Is there someone that we mutually both know or just in general that you are mean? Like they would say, oh, Sydney's mean. Mm, well, I had heard through the grapevine that a mutual friend told someone else that me and Marie are mean, that we're just mean girls. We're not nice. Like we make fun of people um, and like... I think I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and I was just surprised because I was like, oh, girl, we're, we hang out all the time. I'm, like, super nice. We text. Like, it's nothing but good vibes. But, like, sometimes after we do a show at The Knit and, like, everybody wants to hang out, sometimes, like, me and Marie just want, like, a small amount of people because we want to talk shit. Yeah. And you can't do that with everybody. Well, also, my theater teacher brought up the one block rule. What's that? You don't talk shit about anything until you're one block away. Oh, oh, we don't. Thank you, Mr. Ortman. <laughs> we don't follow that one block rule because at all. Because what if, you know, you're talking shit about some show and you're sitting next to someone's mom? Right. And then all of a sudden you might be in a scuffle because... Okay, we'll square up. We're fighting babies. over this stupid-ass show then. <laughs> Your show was whack. That's not my fault. The host was bad. Like, I mean, yeah. th- those are things that we we can't take personal. There's like, there's tons of stuff that I'm like, yeah, we that wasn't that great. Like, we could have done better. You know what I well, mean? Well, so people that don't know, so The Knitting Factory is like a hip, amazing show in Brooklyn. Um, started by Hannibal Burris like, what, a decade ago? Maybe more at this point. Yeah, over like, 10 we're years getting ago. older. Yeah. <laughs> Then it was taken over by some Chicago boys who are great friends, maybe potential future guests. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Marie, Sydney, and Amina, Amina took over. Mm-hmm. And now it's just Marie just standing Marie. alone. And I like hearing the stories about people trying to get on the show and the emails you get and the question and like the pressure. Yeah. Tell people what are the what are the ways to ask to be on someone's hip, cool show to not become an enemy of the show, to not be banned? How do people Ask for what they want, a spot on your show without yeah. being an enemy. Um, just be funny. Like we we're I'm on almost every show. I've seen so many people. I know when people have amazing sets, bad sets, whatever. I've seen so many people. It's like the knitting factory is not just um do your jokes. It's like a whole experience. It's a vibe. It's a party. It's like the audience wants you to have fun. And, like, people who are funny but rigid, it's like, what you gonna do? You just gonna come and do your 10 minutes and then leave? Like, we, it's it's kind of like a community-based 
show. There's so many shows where you could just run your set and leave. I, I, I've seen The Knitting Factory for so many years. People want to come and hang out and like... Yeah, when I do the knit, I usually try not to put in for something after, yeah. before. Like, I don't want to rush around. I want to hang out there. Everybody's entitled to ask. It's the it's the um, entitlement that is stupid to me. Like, you know, I can't say the person's name, but they, they have an HBO special um, with no audience. And they were very aggressive to me. They like got my phone number and was texting me and telling me like, oh, it's just an open mic, like open micers are there. Like, why can't I get on? Da, 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 harassing me on like, this not even a day that we do the knit. Why are you, we not, we're, we're, we were fine, but like, then it's like, okay, well, I'm an enemy now. People were always in my face about something. And like, I want to help everybody out. You know, I really do if I can, but you know, I have to answer to other people that are, um, doing the show, and if they're like, no, then well, I, there's nothing I could do about it. You know what I mean? I try, I really try to plead for people left and right. So how is it working with friends on a show? Um, they, no, they're still like, you know, some sometimes people would be more lax. Some people would come late. Some people would be unprepared. Some people like, you know, money situations. So there's there's always a thing with a friend that they're going to be off or they're going to have an attitude, or they're not going to care as much. And I care too much. I care so much. I make it such a big deal. And it's like, babe, it's a bar show. Calm down. So working with me, I think I sometimes, what do you call that when you... Controlling? Not controlling, but um, micromanage. Okay. I'll be micromanaging a lot. So I'm I'm a lot. Shit gets done with me, but sometimes I'm, I'm annoying about it. I've, and I've realized that. You micromanage. Yes. But that is control, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's just an anxious thing. It's anxious. just it's just anxious. It doesn't matter, like, we'll be fine. Why am I making such a big deal about it? But, yeah, I'm glad that, like, Maria's holding it down and doing a great job, and I ain't got to worry about that no more. Well, because I want to go back to the jealous, because I was jealous of something this week. Oh, what were you Remember, jealous? we were FaceTiming. Yeah. And it's like... You know, if I couldn't recognize that emotion in me, I could have been mad at those people mm-hmm. or I could have reacted in a separate way or but or just like been immature about it. But it felt nice being like, this is why I'm mad. It's mm-hmm. because I'm jealous of what's happening here. Yeah. I'm not being included and I cannot be mad at anyone. I could feel my feelings, but it is no one's business but mine. Right. But and sometimes you got to cool. say it out loud because then. You, yes. Yeah. So that you don't. <laughs> so it doesn't just. um what do you call it? Like marinate inside. Yeah. Or fester. Like just gets gets worse. Yes. Um, go over the top. This has nothing to do with anything, but our mutual, and you mentioned him up top, Larry Owen. Yes. Just sold out Carnegie Hall. Hell yeah. How was that show? We hadn't even talked about it at all. I did not know Sondheim like that. I wasn't listening to his music. I knew of him, but it, it wasn't a big deal for me. But it, during the quarantine, uh, Larry was singing his songs and it was helping him get through like some of the worst days and weeks and months of his life. And I saw how important it was for him. And then he said, I'm doing this. And this was like two years ago. And now Carnegie Hall, boom, like I saw it at 54 below and I was blown away and I could feel like how important this music was to him. I just felt deeply connected. And then he did it at Carnegie and man, we was not ready. We were not ready. Reballing. 
I was screaming, <laughs> screaming from the top of my lungs because he just, he did, he did the damn thing. I was so proud of him. It was so cool. And so many friends were there. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was like, that's something I wish I'd planned better and tried to go or be there. I, I don't yeah, think I'm on New I think York he'll trip. be back. Yeah. I, we'll see. I mean, he's, he's going to be very busy right now. He's like, after that, you know, the phone is off the hook and it was a great showcase. But I think that's what it's about. I mean, we, we want fans or whatever, but we also want the people that we care about the most to see us when we are doing our best. So I think he was so happy about the just unbelievable support from the comedy community that bought tickets and got there. Well, you said you want to see friends be there for you in the best, and thank God they're there for the worst. Um, <laughs> but we want, well, okay, we're going to do a voicemail first. Okay. <laughs> we're going to do a voicemail first. Hi, Lisa. I adore you. What I would love to know is how to navigate conflict with family members that relate to political beliefs and, like, gender and sexuality identities. My conflict um, has been difficult for me to navigate. It's with my sibling who's married to a cop, and I support Black Lives Matter, and I'm, like, queer and genderqueer, um, and none of that really jives with them, but they also won't really, like, explicitly say it out loud. So I think kind of the main question is, like, how do you navigate a conflict like this um, where, you know, if it was a friend, I would have cut her off a long time ago um, because our our values don't align and I don't like the way that she has treated me. Um, but it's a family member, and, and the real thing is that it's a, you know, she has a child who is my first nephew. And so it's like, how do I navigate figuring out whether to cut it off or how to move forward in the relationship in a way that feels like my integrity stays intact while also being able to maintain a relationship with this child who's, like, really important to me because he's my nephew. So if you could answer on that on the podcast, that would be great. Um, thank you so much. I just adore you endlessly. Okay, bye. Perfect. A nice, simple question. Mm -hmm. You know, a nice, casual <laughs> problem. Very, very loaded question. So loaded and so... Because back in the day, I feel like it was, don't talk about these things, ignore these things, we're family, whatever. Mm -hmm. But shit's gotten so deep in the world and so fucked up, there's no more putting up with certain stuff. But I don't know. I mean, this is like a lot. But for me, my brain goes to, you need to be there for the nephew because his parents are obviously fucktards. So like, you need to do what you need to do to make sure you get to be in that little boy's life and be the good influence. Because if you start fighting with them or getting into shit, then he won't have you. You know? Yeah. I think you got to pick your battles and what's the most important. If it is your nephew, then you need to do what you need to do so that you'll be able to see him. But, I mean, I, I'm I'm down with doing ultimatums for family members because they get too lax. They think that they could get away with anything. They think they could say whatever. And we family, we're going to be together forever. And it's like, actually, no. That's the reason why I have to create these boundaries with you and let you know when things are fucked up because I am going to be with you for so long. And that means I have to be in interaction with this toxic negative, racist, homophobic, transphobic bullshit. No, that's that's bad for me. So I think that, you know, 
half of it is like we're afraid to have conflict because we don't want we don't know what the outcome is. But I mean, I'm always down for a mediator, get somebody in the middle, somebody who's like rational, who's like not going to take sides and say, hey, I'm looking on the outside and boom, you have your views and you have your views and they don't really mix. But how do we move forward from here? Because do you want to be educated? Can we can we enlighten you and maybe help you get better with this point of view? Or no, this ju- is a cop. Like, I don't know if. Yeah, they you know, if they were good at mediating, there wouldn't be a lot of problems and as many problems on the planet. Yeah. But I think one of the things that stands out with the cop mentality is that people are going to stick by them. The other cops are going to stick by them. The country is going to stick by them. So that's why they feel like they can get away with anything and do whatever, because they have like this solid support. But if people start saying, yo, I'm turning my back on you because I I can't be a part of this. I think individually they'll start thinking about it more. It's a lot of like group mechanics with how they think about like the cop world and how cops should be treated and what they should be able to do outside of, you know, their group. And they have so much power. They have so much power. And I also wonder, like, what it was like, da- like, how, like, if someone in my life started dating a cop, like, I don't even know what I would do. I mean, I'd be like, are you fucking kidding? I, how are we going to hang? I understand that there's like, not all cops are bad, but I think when they're together, they are bad. When they are all together in one room, they're awful. I think individually they could be amazing people. But when they start putting the cop title before being a human being or father, a a brother, a a husband, then it's like, oh, hell no. Like, that's how I feel with comedy sometimes. It's like, I'm a person first. Like, I, I love it. I love what I'm doing. I like to laugh. I love comedians. But at the end of the day, I need to put my feelings and what's good for me as a person first. It's not about what's funny first for me. And I think that's why I get along with people because I'm I'm willing to be realistic about like, oh, I could see how that is a fucked up joke. Yeah. You know? And I don't think cops think about that. They're they're just like, well, this is our job. This is what we do. This is our lives. I wake up, I eat shit, breathe, whatever. Cop, police policing you know and so um i definitely think she should get a mediator but also at the end of the day if you know they're not going to change then you know just limit your interactions and do what you can for the nephew so that he is getting a different perspective yes and not getting tainted with all of these other beliefs that the the family has yeah. Well, because also like with people, uh, well, we're putting a lot of assumptions on who they are. I mean, mm-hmm. they're aunt. Uh, yeah, but that's that's whatever. Who cares? We could do what we want. But mm-hmm. what bothers me about. Like, I'll set up boundaries with like even my dad sometimes like, let's just not talk about these things so we can continue having a good time. Right. And this motherfucker will bring those things up. I mean, he's in his 80s and ha- like, who knows what's happening in his head, but. It's always like, but I've told you that this bothers me. So why even start? But these people have nothing else. Like, that's what I've realized. Like, yeah. you know, it's I'm anti-gay. I'm racist. I hate black people. I hate trans. I hate that. Well, what do you like? 
I think about that America's Next Top Model contestant who came on and was just like, I don't like Muslim. I don't like this. I don't like that. And it's like, what a sad life. What do you have? And that's why they have to create all this conflict because deep down they have nothing. My sister had friends from back in the day and he would always say shit. And it's like, well, you know, we all don't agree with you. You know this. Why are you fucking saying it? They're miserable. We're telling you not to. Let's just keep it. Let's keep it civil for the children. They're miserable people. And, you know, I actually, at the end of the day, I'm an empath. I feel sorry for them. I feel like you don't have no love or light in your life. And this is what you need to, like, stay afloat. And so I have to put up my guard for my feelings because I know that I'm, like, wrapped up in it. And I feel bad for you as a person, but I also want to stand up for what I believe in. And so the, the way to go about it is just, like, if that nephew wasn't there, I probably wouldn't fuck with you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, unfortunately, I'm very disconnected with my family because of, like, some of the toxic behaviors that was going on for so many years. It's like, I need my peace. I need my peace. And, you know, if my peace is, yeah, we're not chatting. I'm not, like, I'm we're on a need-to-know basis, then so be it. So what's need-to-know basis mean? What is need-to-know? Are you dying? Got it. Are you on your way out? Are you on your way out? And which is crazy because my mother told me that she was dying many, many years ago. Is she alive? She is. She like (laughs) lied and said she was terminally ill for us to like chat or get back into better places. But I was like, that's manipulative and fucked up. And now I want to talk to you less because I'm over here freaking out that you're on your way out. Then she got COVID. And I was like, oh, you know, she's in the hospital. She got COVID. Her life flashed beyond, uh, like in front of her eyes. She's a changed person. No, she got out of the hospital and was talking about, yeah, you're not really gay, are you? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. And it's like, what did I do wrong for you to be gay? And it's like, you really just came out of like almost dying from COVID and you're still homophobic. Like, babe, you have to get something else to do. Yeah. Come on now. But that's what COVID, I think during COVID, it was like, I'll always wash and I will do this. We'll change as people. And like society went back to no. being pieces of shit so quick. People as a whole ain't shit. And the problem is, is that they never want to be honest about it. Like they don't want to be like, yeah, I am messed up. I am. I do have issues. That's why I'm always open with, I'm very, very transparent with like, I don't have it all together. I'm not better than anybody. Like I'm not, I'm not even saying I'm humble. I'm just like, I put it all on the table so you already know what I'm coming with. And we're going to have a productive relationship. Do the family members that you don't get along with, do they get along with each other or it's a splintered situation all around? It's always drama. That's why I got to I pick up the phone and be like, what? Uh, I got to hang up because I just I can't have that in my ear. I like take things too personal and it really, really messes with me. I'm I'm truly an empath. I like read stuff on Twitter like stories that people write whenever somebody like commits suicide, I go down a rabbit hole of like, damn, like what could we have done to be there for this person? Like I, I just like, called a friend out recently. What? Well, cause I called our friend Will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just having a bad, like it was just bad. And a lot of my friends are with kids. Like I just, he was the one I, I was like, Will would, we'll go out for a drink. And yeah. he's like, no, nah, I'm tired. Not going to happen. And the next time I saw him, I go, you know, when bad things happen, you're always like, oh, I should have been there for your friend. <laughs> I Damn. go, that was the day. And he goes, yeah, I thought about that. Cause it's happened to me multiple times where friends have died after I didn't hang out with them. And I was like, yeah, bitch. He why? said that out loud. Yeah. Fuck. 
And yeah. he's still like, I need. Yeah. Well, he's I mean, sometimes bad. you have but to But he was in bed and yeah. it's fine and he is a child. And, yeah. like, you know, he has a full life. His dad's not doing well. Like, yeah. he has a full life as well. But it was this moment where I go, Will, I've never called uh, you yeah. to go out for a drink. Next time I do that. What? Get out of bed. Uh, yeah. Why don't you get out of bed or invite me over or something? <laughs> and he was like, you're right, you're right, you're right. But it was this thing of like, I'd never do that. Like, yeah. if it was someone I see all the time, of course, they're like, no, not tonight. But I'm like, out of the blue. <laughs> but we also have to take into consideration, some people are not equipped to, like, talk you off a ledge and be there for, like, to call someone when you're in a really bad place. But he is just such a, like, when I see him, he's just... Makes me laugh yes, and happy. Yeah. So it wasn't like I even needed support, but I was like, mm-hmm. he's just light. He's yeah. a light, airy person to me. And um, I needed that in the moment. And then I just continued to sit in a dark room. But <laughs> and I was fine, thank goodness. Like I wasn't truly in the depths of it, but I did give him a heads up, like, you got you have to you yeah, have I'm, to do it. I mean, everybody could, you know, be more understanding and look out for people more, but I mean, because of the pandemic, people are more and more selfish because they realize at the end of the day, all you have is like you and whatever close, random, like your circle, you know, that's all you have. And that's all you can really focus on. I became better, I think, about like, oh, how is that person doing? I yeah. have like, or if it's like, I know someone's family's in the hospital or something, I, I do, um, I'm better about ca- Checking in on people because I was so disappointed when I had some friends that did not reach out when I really needed it. And yeah. I was just like, I don't want to ever be that person. Yeah. Actually, recently I asked someone about like, oh, how are, you know, your sister and brother-in-law doing? And he was like, whoa. And I was like, well, men also. But he was just like so taken aback. And I was like, yeah, I want, you know, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I think I pride myself. Beca- I, maybe it's more selfish. I've become more understanding, though. It's not selfish. It's like you've been through it. So I've been way more understand. Like if someone goes, I, because people are like, how do you get off the phone? I go, I say I'm done talking. Yeah. Like, oh, didn't Which we Which is really the- hard because we'd be staying on the phone. Like we will have marathons where you're we're two hours in. We're like, damn, we still have more to go. But it's like, yeah, no, you have to, you cut things off. It's fine. You got to live your life. Or if someone like, doesn't respond to texts or something. I've learned to be like, that's not about me. Yeah. Or that's like, I have been more understanding or like. If we were just talking, like, he didn't respond to a bunch of texts. And I was like, well, I just hope he's okay. Yeah. That was, I I heard that and I said, damn, Lisa is is really doing the work. Because I'm really busy right now. And sometimes it'll take me, like, eight hours to respond to Mm -hmm. something. And when you're, you know, I don't know if it's ADHD vibes. I've never been clinically diagnosed, but I'll take an Instagram diagnosis. And, like, I'm working on so many things at once that. I'll just forget. And then mm-hmm. seven hours later, I'll text you. And I hope that that person's not mad at me. No. We, I mean, we have to be less mad, but also less paranoid and just like believe in the the friendship and people being busy and doing work. But we also have seen people are fucking shady. Like even people that you're like, oh, I would not think they would do some shit like that. People are... You know, can you say what you're thinking about when you say that? Is there something specific in your head? I've I've seen people like low key dog their friend out, like that they hang out on. Yeah, I don't. They're yeah, they're not funny. Like, what are you gonna do? It's just like I don't know. Help them like be better. Have you worked on their jokes with them? Have you been like Sydney? You know that is so sensitive. I know. Acting like it's so easy. I know, but like I can't be around 
anybody that I cannot book on a show, that I can't refer, that I can't help. Like, I don't, that is too much weight on my shoulders to just be with somebody all the time and then like, yeah, you haven't put me on their show. You haven't thought about me once. You haven't used my, I'm all about helping my friends. If I can't help you, you can't help yourself. Like, come on now. Well, there was a friend that you didn't want to book. Yeah. And that was like a tough spot. But yeah. you were very, you you stood up for the show's integrity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, this is what it is. I mean, the, the problem with like um this industry is like, like when we do self-tapes, we turn and stuff, we don't hear anything. There, there's things that we don't get. Nobody tells us anything. And we just assume like, oh, we're not good. We're not good. And so we're not, we assume that we're not good, but we don't, we're not told no, you are not good. This is what would have made it better. You're not a good actress. Your 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 lighting was fucked up. They never give us real notes, so everything is in the air. So when it's time to tell people, "Yo, I think your structure is off. I, what is your point?" Um, you could get to the joke quicker, quicker stuff like that. Like they're startled. They're like, "What?" There, nobody is giving these notes. But every time I've seen really good friends like. Jack Knight, uh, Sam J, Chris Red. Uh, <laughs> you mean the people uh, from Bust Down? Bust everybody Down, on yeah. <laughs> Watch their fucking show. That's good. Bust Down on Peacock. You're basically just saying they're a yeah. whole friend. Group. Whenever I see them get off stage, they're you know, coming up to each other like, yo, this is, do this. But or they're pro- all very talented. I yeah. do have friends that I don't know if um, they're going to be able to do comedy full time, but I'm okay being their friends. I'm talking about like tight knit friends that yeah. like, you know what I mean? Really good friends. I just, I can't do that to myself because I always want to help and I always want to put people There's on. no way you think all your friends are really funny. The very close ones? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I have no problem being like, if somebody gives me name, oh, can you give me these names? Here's these names. I know that they're going to do a great job. Yes. I'm really, but um, I've also had it where I've given a note or like we have friends that like a lot of people have tried to help and then they mm-hmm. don't listen. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, that's on you. Then. Yeah. I've done what I did. You yeah. didn't like it. You can't hear a note. You can't hear no. Then like I'm out. Yeah. But let's still hang out. But most of the time people are not giving anybody a note or trying to be helpful at all. And they just see people fl- like floundering. Not I'm getting- hoping they find their way because also everything is such a process and you're supposed to get better and learn and grow. But you have to be self-aware enough or have friends that tell you. But like you have to put the work in. But not everyone, you know, there are people that were, were not funny or good actors and then are. Yeah, but you know, somebody has given them notes. They've got a coach. They've like, yeah. somebody has let them know, hey, baby, you're not, mm-mm, this is not the look. If you keep doing this, you are not going to get the jobs that you want. Yeah. You're not going to be, they just can't say your name. You're just not that, you're not that girl. So I would hope that it's in anything, so hard. it's so hard, but it's like, this is the only way you can bring up the people that you're around. It's like, why is it only a you thing? Like, oh, I I need to get better. It's like, we can all get better. Because then if we all get better, then we all can, by the time it's time to like blow up, we could all be on each other's shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's what I'm thinking in like the future is like, I want to have close relationships with people that I believe in. They make me happy. I really love their work. And so you will not be friends with someone that sucks. No, I won't. No, not ha- like close, close friend. No, absolutely not. Because then one that makes me look kind of bad if I'm just like you saying their name and then they go and they're always bombing or but you don't have to recommend them. What if it's not even forever? They're just like, I like doing this. I'm going to continue doing this. 
You don't want any I, ca- you, no t- <laughs> instead of no new friends. It's like no non talent friends. The thing is, is that like all of this is uh, you know what do you call it? Like uh, oh, um, comedy is subjective. Yes. Everything is subjective. So the stuff that I don't find funny, somebody else. So I can see, I might not find it, but, you know, other people do. I can recognize that as well. But I just have to, like, really believe in the stuff that you're talking about, the things that, like, yeah. do you bring me joy? Does your comedy bring me joy? If it does not, um, yeah, why Why am I s- spending so much time and energy? to me, a energy? big thing is consistency. Because everyone could be funny once or every few shows or this. Like, I will never recommend someone that is not consistent. Mm. That is my go-to. But also for, like, the seller, like, I won't recommend any friends. Yeah, no. I've only recommended... I don't... I've seen it go wrong, and it's like, exactly. you don't want... It's bad on your name. And that place is, you know, the mecca yeah. of comedy. <laughs> and, like, you, you truly love being there, and I wouldn't want to fuck that up. Yeah, because you know I, I mean? have friends that I think are so amazing, but I was like, I just can't. Because once you recommend one friend, mm-hmm, then, then why not this other the, friend? Yep, and then why mm-hmm. not this friend? Yeah. And at the end of the day, we want the people that we're with all the time to fucking be obsessed with us yes. and ride for us and like throw our names in every hat. And like sometimes it's just not possible because you have too many fucking friends to throw in the hat that are talented, yeah. which is a good problem to have. But I definitely <laughs> believe in the like, you want friends, you know they're going to say your name in the room. Mm-hmm. I've definitely hyped people up at the table. Mm-hmm. I've definitely been like, oh, she's so great. Mm-hmm. Like, and put good words in. But for some, that was like too much. But I always wreck people for new fit. Like for all the stuff I've done, I always recommend people. Yeah, no, the, I think you do a great job at it. It's, but it's, for that place in particular, it's just, uh, I couldn't start on that path. Yeah, no, <laughs> you, you did the wrong thing. I mean... At the end of the day, everybody just needs to have better communication skills with their friends and, like, be up front and to just give them, like, I want to get into, like, what are you thinking about when you're not uh, recommending me? Or what what is the politics at it? So that I'm not in my room going crazy, spiraling, thinking, oh, this person is my friend. They don't think I'm funny. They're just hanging out with me because I'm a quote, quote, good person, which is like, ugh. So you, yeah, you need Ugh. your friend. I mean, I've, I'm trying, I'm questioning a lot of, I'm thinking about it, but I do have friends. Hopefully they're not listening. <laughs> that I don't, th- you know, it's like, honey, I don't think that it's not going to happen. But yeah. I do think they are funny. Mm-hmm. They just lack the certain skills it takes to be like consistent building out. You know, there's like people make choices. I don't know. It's there's like so much. There's stuff. so, there's, there's literally, there's so many things that come into play when it, comes to like comedy and not only being funny but being successful and then being secure and making money and then being friends and want to be in and feel important and quote quote famous so there's just so many things that it's too much to think about but if you have a good friendship outside of that then it's going to go well anyway that's what I think so I think that I start my friendships in comedy with like really just trying to be their friends and so yeah but what are what are things that you can't be honest about like would you tell someone i don't like your partner mm, i mean thankfully everybody is doing pretty good i'm not saying if you're, you're if you're saying you need to tell your friends listen it's not funny you're not gonna you're the, your career's not gonna go far like where does it stop in terms of like what things can't you say if they ask me what do i think about their partner i'm gonna be honest Okay. But I'm not going to give my opinion without 
them asking me because mm-hmm. I think that's that's stepping on some toes. But if you ask me, I'm going to be as honest as I can. I'm a really, like, nice person, I guess, like, in quotations. But, you know, I, I want you to be with somebody that makes you, that compliments you, that helps you, that is not... If someone is dealing with depression, someone who's uh, dealing with depression, which has happened a lot with my friends, like I'm empathetic because I am I've dealt with it. I've been in a relationship for five years and I was that person. I was that that dead weight, you know, so I try my best to give the advice to somebody who's dealing with it. But at the end of the day, I want my friends to be happy. I want them to be coming. I want them to be going on trips. I want somebody to be thoughtful and giving them the things that they're not getting in their career, which is a lot of times stability. So if I don't feel like your partner is doing that, then what the fuck are they there for? Because they're making my job harder because then I got to hear this shit. And I don't want to. Period. Yeah. I don't. I want I want to hear my friends are having a blast. I'm not that person that's like, I love drama. I don't. No, I my fr- one friend had to put a boundary on me because I kept bitching about a relationship in my life. And they finally had to say, you know what? I'm done. Yeah. And I will not listen to anything else about this person again. And that's helpful. And that's it helpful. helps. And it does. obviously once in a while, I'll, I'll be like, can I please? <laughs> so, but it did. But it also helped me feel better, you know, because I, I didn't have a place to consistently bitch about this person, which um, helps you feel better about that person. Yeah, there's there's people that are there to vent to there's people who are solution oriented there's people who are not going to pick up the phone like there's all tip- different types of friends and you just got to know who to i have to. one best friend i have this friend they are they will not text back for day de- they will not answer phone like communication is their downfall mm-hmm. and i still love them and i've really accepted it and it's fine. Oh, very busy very okay. busy yeah like um very busy job mm-hmm. kids all of it yeah um and i can't be mad at them because they they if someone shows you who they are, they will not text back. Then that is that. So I never expect it. And then sometimes she'll apologize. And I'm like, well, don't apologize if you're not going to change the behavior. Exactly. And I ex- I accept, I expect, accept that you're not going to respond. Yeah. I'm just letting you know this info. But it is like how important is communication in a friendship when someone is just not communicating with you? I think at this age, like, you are in control of everybody that's in your circle. You, It's, it's all you. Like... Nobody is there. But I wouldn't cut someone out because they don't text back. I don't think. Well, how are y'all meeting up? When they're, right. I don't know, once in a while they're like, hey. When uh, it's convenient for them? Correct. So that's fucked up. Yeah. That's unbalanced. You're going you're gonna to hold a grudge on that. That's something that you're going to be thinking about. Yeah. I don't think that anything is 50-50. There's no way. There's no, always going to be somebody that's more into the other person, which is fine. Like, Wait, I, I think I'm, we have to take a break. I have to pee. Oh, yeah. Is that Okay. Do what you want to show. I should have show. let you finish the sentence. <laughs> this is, I mean, she's a white woman cutting a, a black queer woman off. Like, I'm not going to cut her off, mm-hmm. you know? So so what are you going to do? I accept it. Well, I needed her to answer something, so I did a thing where I uh, FaceTimed her and her husband at the exact same time so she would think it's an emergency, and then she answered. That's insane. And she, <laughs> oh, she has a husband. She's not gay? No. Okay. That's that you is, thought it was someone else. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like complete straight behavior. <laughs> yeah, but that's what happens when your people have fucking kids. They just people with kids think they're more important and their schedules are more important than their lives are. Mm-hmm. But it's because their kids are just their priority and nothing else is as important. And so that's why I think friendships change when people have children. You'll just always be an afterthought to people. Yeah, I mean, and I understand that children are important, but 
y'all got to figure it out. Like you made that choice to have a child and you need to remember that like we were here before the kids. <laughs> I know, but they would die for their kids. So it's like if you're like, you're I need more me? time. No, I think they're they would be totally OK with like, I mean, I know they love me and they're my friends. <laughs> but I think if I cho- if I said like, I need more time, they'll be like, OK, well, I'm going to pick my kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, There's no way they wouldn't. Yeah. But I do think, which I've I've talked to people, too, is that they get lost in their kids. Mm-hmm. So and they feel forgotten, but they feel forgotten because they actually push themselves away. So I think sometimes it's good to remind people with kids like, hey, bitch, I'm here. Like, I want to be your friend. I want to be there for you. I don't want you to coast off and me not see you in a whole year. Like, Let's let's try to stay on top of it. Yeah, but like I interrupt people like that's a thing. And so if like let's say a friend hates that I interrupt and then they're like, listen, you have to stop interrupting or we can't be friends like that would suck if I was cut out for that one thing. Interrupting is different from never responding and never calling or answering. Yeah, (laughs) but I love how you thought that was the same. bitch. I love that. That's cute. So you would not be able to do. No, you would definitely not be able to deal with that. I'm I'm actually I will say that as soon as my friends get married and have a baby, I probably never really see them again because you don't visit the you don't visit babies often. I just I'm I'm really into my career right now and I have a relationship and I'm like. Whatever make is conducive for that, I'm in it. And it's the same thing with people who are you know, parents and married or whatever. But I do check myself. And whenever I have my friends who are married, or I'll check on them, I'll call them. I'll be like, oh, yeah, out of the blue. Yeah, yeah, let's get lunch. Where you at? I'll come to New Jersey, whatever. So I, I have to remind myself and be like, yes, you're engulfed in your career, but you have to make time for these people who also were there coming to your fucking bringer shows and you putting them through the ringer, making them spend $60 a pop for these dumbass shows, like be the, show up for them too. So, so you do show up for the people in the Jersey. I've seen a couple of friends with babies, but I, I just my best friend who's, uh, who was my overmate. She just had a baby, but she moved to New Jersey, so it was really. Uh, I did plan on going to New Jersey, but then I was like, how? How am I going to get there? I didn't have enough time. So the next time I go to New York, I am going to go see her, but. It's tough. And then with the COVID thing, I'm running around. I don't need to be bringing my ass nowhere near a baby that's not vaccinated. Well, yeah, COVID brought about a lot of stuff with friends. I mean, I think you, I don't. it's like the pod mm-hmm. where someone was like, oh, um, we might take a trip together. And I was like, oh, but you're not in my trip. Like, yeah. I'll tell you that much. Like, you're not invited to my tent. Yeah. Am I in your tent? That's yeah. weird. It was like a wild time. Yeah. Well, let's do a call and then we're going to get into our stuff. Okay. Because I have a few things. Okay. Hey there. When I heard the idea for your podcast, I was very intrigued. And then I was also like thinking about my own enemies. And I was like, holy shit, I have way, way too many enemies in my life. I've made enemies. I've made up with enemies. I currently have enemies. My current, like most intense enemy experience. Um, I am a mom of three. Uh, I live in a cul-de-sac. I live two doors down from one of my current enemies. And um, backstory is my oldest is 12. Uh, she had a group of three friends that she's had since she was in preschool. And over the years, I've gotten to know the moms. I've done stuff solo with all of them. 
Um, and then during COVID, we just started kind of all hanging out together, and we became this mom group. It was really great because the girls, during the summer, they'd ride around bikes. It was, like, very now-and-then style. They'd all hop on their bikes and go, like, ripping around the neighborhood, and we could text each other and say, like, oh, they're here. Oh, they're going to the park. You know, wonderful. We'd get together for wine nights in the driveway, and then we'd have family barbecues. It was, like, the most blissful, cliche suburb experience. And... So then um, our girls moved up to this transitional school. It's kind of not, it's like in between elementary school and middle school. And my daughter started just launching straight into puberty. Um, she's, you know, she's always kind of, she's carbon copy of me, high anxiety, depression issues, she's diagnosed with mood disorder. She's been medicated for a really long time. And because her body was changing and everything, her mood started shifting. She was having a ton of trouble. She met some new friends. She made some enemies herself. And throughout the year, it just it started going downhill. And her friendships with this friend group were suffering. Um, also, the family that we live two doors down from, they have three girls. And we moved to that house just like a year and a half ago. And we were friends with them before that. And I think we didn't realize what it was going to be like to live so close to people that we were friends with and then come to find out their girls are all just the fucking worst. Um, their oldest is just so disrespectful, has actively, like, harassed me, texted me, threatened me, um, tells her mom to fuck off, screams things down the street, has said just horrific things to my youngest, who was five at the time. And so I had to keep kind of coming at this mom like, hey, you know, maybe we could cut it out. And it started nice. And then eventually I was like, yeah, you need to cut that shit out. And I was just sort of met with, you know, that's just my kid. Wow. So that just got cut off. Damn. But I think I get the gist of it. I wonder if there's more. What do you think? Um, well, first of all, the parents that be making friends with other kids parents like this is all situational like you might you probably wouldn't have hung out with that person if y'all didn't have kids so you got to think about like that like oh this is low-key transactional like our kids are friends so you know we want them to hang out blah 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 like keep it cute but then you know what when you find out oh you have a friend and their kids are terrible it's real dicey it's real dicey because you're like, is this a reflection of my friend? Does my friend suck? Like, why are these kids this bad? Because are she is she friends with the the parent? Like, were they friends or it's just? Yeah, I think what happened is like, you know, in the cul-de-sac, like the girls were friends mm-hmm. and then pandemic forced like not f- the moms and kids to just mm-hmm. all hang out together. Right. So then it became this like tight knit COVID group. Mm hmm. And then when school started, world opened up, her daughter switched friend groups. Mm-hmm. And then and then the drama started. She has and then another... she realized that this, ma- this da- older daughter sucks and people suck. Okay, well then, you know, at the end of the day, um, I was a kid that was really rambunctious. And I wasn't telling people to fuck off and doing that. But I was doing wild stuff where it's like, do I want, I could see the appearance, do I want mean, uh so it's 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 real rough but you know you people's training with their kids that's their shit you know and sometimes it's hard to be like what are you doing over there you're this is not good this is not working out 
But in their case, since they're neighbors, I think she should just separate and just have no no communication and just let it. But what are, what do you do when people are screaming fuck off at you? Just move it along? Or do you have a talk with the mom? I think it's like have a talk with the moms and be like, listen, my she daughter. Did. She had a talk with the mom and the mom was like, this is my kid. Oh, and that way. I mean, oh, because I met in, in terms of like with her daughter where it's like, yeah, my daughter didn't want to be friends with you guys anymore. Whatever. Like, why is this a big problem? Uh, I mean, she's going through it in her own way. Like, that's en- the thing. Kids entitlement. Entitlement through, yeah. is the entitlement. And then it's like when kids when kids stop dealing with each other, parents are like, we want to fix it. But it's like kids have their own shit, you know, and. Unless it has something to do with like their sexuality or their gender or something like that, something more complex. I think, you know, parents should just let them figure it out, you know, and not really get involved. Um, Unless one of the kids is like, I'm really sad about our friendship not like ending and I need help, you know, but... Because for me, it's the opposite. I think my sister's like, ugh, their kid, these friends suck. What are you doing with these friends? Right. Um, oh, I don't know. Life's so hard. Interpersonal relationship, like, life's hard enough as an adult, like, with kids and hormones and all the insecurities, and you don't know how to control your feelings, and you don't know why you feel a certain way, and, like, what rejection means and all of that. It's just, like... I don't know, but I, it's not even with having kids. Like I had a tight knit COVID group mm-hmm. and it fucked us up. Why? Cause it's not natural to spend that much time with full things. Cause then fun friendships become family. And when you're family, you see, you, you speak to each other a little more harshly. You're annoyed by certain things. You see deeper, you see what friends are trying to hide too. Mm-hmm. And then you see flaws that you don't really like or like this behavior. And then when the world opened up for us, it was like, we have to invite all, why didn't you invite me? And it's like, well, we're not, it's not COVID anymore. We're not a pod. Like we, everyone gets to hang out with who they want when they want. But then we had to like unglue the bonds. Yeah, I was, I was really upset about that during COVID. Like I, when, when the world opened up, everybody was like, toodaloo, I'm out. Like. Thank you for your time and listening and being like there for me during like the hardest time of our lives. But I'm out. The girls are out. We're going to go to parties. You're not invited. I'm not texting you. I don't need you. I don't need to FaceTime. Did that happen? Some people, yeah. They just, I mean, they got busy again, which makes sense. When when they're not busy, of course, they're going to pick up and, you know, they're going to get on the Insta Live. They're going to, they're going to do the Zooms. They're going to do it. You know, we're going to go to the park. But soon as you have freedom, you're going to start hanging out with the people you truly want to hang out with. And that's period. Unfortunately, me in the pandemic, I I fostered relationships that we were already friends. We just got stronger. So I just I'm like, you want to hang out with me? This is crazy. I'm doing everything right. This is weird. But, you know, I get it. I get it. And also the way human beings work. They hate when a bitch is just like there and available and ready and thirsty and want to be around. It's we want to hang out with the people that we don't have access to. I miss the days of like just laying around with friends. Yeah, that's why roommates were fun. It's like you it's less sad to watch TV or a bunch of Survivor (laughs) when you're doing it with someone else. Yeah. And eating snacks together. And it is I do miss the thing of like. 
I'll just come over and lay around with you. Mm -hmm. I don't really do that anymore. I don't have like, I'm not walking over and just lounging at a friend's house. It's like we have plans. You're getting work done though. You're getting a lot of work done and that's like... I know, but I miss, it's like nostalgia. I I miss the like lounging around with friends all weekend or being hungover on a Sunday laying and... I miss that. I miss it too. I mean, I'm very, uh, I romanticize about quarantine a lot because I'm like, man, that was, it was awful. But like looking back at it, was it that bad? Uh, but-, but in terms of this, I think let kids be what they want and let everyone do their processes. And maybe you could just go to the neighbor and be like, hey, we had a great time during COVID. Mm-hmm. It was what it was. I know our relationship is different, but let's stop with the like, can we not get violent or like, a cinema, cinema um, edible arrangement and be like, this is a peace offers, offering. I would like really want to make sure we can get this right. You know, I think it's a bit a big, be a bigger person. You have scenario. to be a bigger person. I think yes. that's what yes. this is. That's what it is. Peace of mind is greater than being right in and terms be, of the cold. Being right and being petty. Yeah, I would just be like, listen, I really don't love where our things have gone. Mm-hmm. Let's just be back to neighbors. I know we had a wild ride in COVID. Maybe we'll get back there, but let's just chill the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And separate and like let's I, let's not have fucking drama. Being the bigger person at, at the end of the day will help you more than you think. You know, like being petty, it feels good in that moment, but it's just going to bring all this like drama that will keep going, and then you won't have any rest. I want to rest. Rest. I tr- I, I rather rest, and I rather have the ability to be like. Inhale, exhale, things are going to be fine instead of being on edge. Like, if I walk out of my house, are we going to have to throw these bows? Like, am I going to have to get the I, gun? Like, I hate feeling uncomfortable and tension. I really don't love it. Yeah. Me too. I don't love it. And there's like one person who refuses to be around me, mm-hmm. which is. Oh, yes. Yeah. And. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yes. Yeah, she refuses to be around me and the friends know and they have to like, uh, you know, give her a heads up if I'm going to be there. And a part of me is like annoyed, but then a part, because I don't give a shit, but then another part of me is like, great, better than, I, I, I'm i going to feel less awkward too. Yeah. And whatever me, and if I'm willing to go and you're not, then like I get to have fun. I don't know what to say. Yeah, the problem with like, because in my head, I go, I don't give a shit, but like you can't really know until you're in the moment if you really don't give a shit or not. You care. Oh, no, but I don't mean that. I mean, when I say, like, if you're refusing to be in a room with mm-hmm. me, I do not refuse that. I'm right. fine being in the same <laughs> space as you. In theory, I'm fine. Yeah. But when you are then in the same space, like, you can't con- you can't force yourself to be fine if no. you do feel uncomfortable. You know what I mean? You don't know how fine you are until yes. you actually have to be in the room with them. Yes. Um, I just think that, like, yeah, it's the, it's the, I, I want's best for me, and if, me making things right with you is going to help in the long run, then I'd rather have that than having to hop around and text people, oh, it's such and such. It's, that's just, just too much work, especially since you're a girl that you're you're going to be here. You're not, you're not leaving. So, and y'all have tons of mutual friends. So it's just like, we might as well just make it, make it work so that, because people don't want to be in the middle of that shit anyway. I know. Well, this is a good entryway because I've wronged you and it did take me like a month to call you back. <laughs> and um, but I kept like still like DM or like I kept sending messages and commenting and texting. And I think at one point you called me out in a really funny way about it. 
But you did teach me forgiveness in multiple ways and how to communicate the faster. Because even when I did, you know, you called me right away to like talk. Yeah. And I was like uncomfortable about it. (laughs) Oh, they know. Well, you know, this is who, if you listen to the Solomon episode, um, this is who I kicked out of my house um, when COVID started. But even before that, Sydney, you know, I had a fucked up thing where um, I was exposed for a lot of racist tweets. Yeah. And, you know, I spelled out the N-word in like 2015, which is not long ago enough. Or like, you can't be like, oh, I was just, I didn't know. And it's like, no, I've known since I was a child. Like, I know. So I wish I could remember what was in my head. But the moment when I saw all the tweets, I legit was like, oh, I'm going to lose friends. Yeah. Like, I I really thought that I was going to lose a lot of friends. And the few people that I was most concerned with actually called me right away and texted me right away. And that made me feel good and that I have, like, true friendships in my life. But what made you want to call me? And talk about it versus cutting me off or being like, fuck that racist girl. I mean, I looked at the I looked at the tweets and also I I I knew your comedy and you like before we became friends. And I was like, when I saw it, I was like, Lisa probably didn't say the N word. She probably didn't said it at least twice, you know, like. That's just what it is. And I think people are lying if they say they've never said it, unfortunately. It's always, I'm ready to have an open discussion. Do you want to learn? Do you want to be better? I I will only cut you off if you're like, this is who I am. I'm not stopping. I'm not, this is, this is, I think it's funny or I should be able to say that. Then I'm like, oh yeah, I don't want to have no parts of you. But no, I was so embarrassed because it's like, you want to be like, because I was talking to uh, Sabrina and I go, I would never say that. And she goes, I can actually give you the date and time you exactly said it. I was like, oh yeah, like, it's like you don't even know yourself or something. Yeah, we were, I mean, we've all been drunk or tweet stuff and like, you know, we've all said stupid stuff. I've been on podcasts. I'm sure I've seen, said something problematic or whatever. But you know, I have a friend whose partner said, don't hang out with her anymore. It doesn't look good. Yeah. But, you know, and I I have another friend that had like a big scandal over the freaking pandemic about like something that was very blatantly wrong. And I I'm willing to sit down with these people and say, hey, you know that that was wrong. Okay, we got to make sure like you will never do that again. You are apologetic. You understand the severity of this. You're willing to change like that's not you. Everybody has been somebody that they're not proud of. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you're willing to grow, then we can look past it. But am I looking at you sideways? Yeah, I'm looking at you sideways. I hope you know that this looks bad on me, too, Mm -hmm. because you know that people would hit me up like, oh, that's your girl. Like, I don't want to have to deal with that. So it's like, don't make us look bad, friend. Just keep it. Keep it cute. So but what? How did you become someone that can do that versus saying Fuck that. I've I've done really fucked up shit before. I, I hooked up with my friend's uh, ex-fiance and didn't tell her. And I was still hanging out with her. And then, like, a friend, t- like, told her during after hours when she was on Molly. And it was a big deal. And then, like, everybody, everybody knew that I was sneaking around with her. Like, it was fucked up. I was on K for most of the situation. It was bad. I was in a bad place. I did that wrong, especially how much I care about friendship. And I actually really enjoyed being her friend. I felt so bad. It was so wrong. I 
I'll never look at it as like, oh, I was I was okay with this. Um, and that was a bad reflection of me. And I'm sorry. And I know never to do that again. And did your friendship survive? Oh, no, she didn't want to fuck with me at all. Mm -hmm. She actually, like, tried to find me in the dressing room, which, you know, granted, I I get it. You know what I mean? Like, she told me it was, um, everybody was, like, dancers, Pasha dancers in the dressing room. And I used to hang out in the dressing room all the time. And I I danced a few times, but not, like, I wasn't one of the legendary dancers. So when she was in the dressing room and I was in the dressing room, too, she's like, what what the fuck are you doing here? You don't work here. And I said, they actually sent me a W-9 last week. Like, I work here. And so me being so messy about it, that's why she wanted to find me. I get it. But like, yeah, it was a bad time. I was wrong. And we talked about it years later. We're not close like that, but she forgave me. And forgiveness, you feel free. You feel lighter. You feel, why are you going to have that on your your brain and your heart? It's, it's easy. Because it's you don't to, have the skills, you yeah. know, or you don't know how to, or, you know, you're holding on to something for whatever reason. But there must be people that you haven't forgiven for something. Or are yeah. you, is there, has anyone ever really crossed the line? Oh, the person who ratted me out. I was fucking furious with her, too. I was like, bitch, you knew the whole time you ratted on me because you were mad at me? That's shady. That's bad. Yeah, but, you know, we everything... You know, everything happens for a reason. Um, you know, I try to forgive people, but I don't forget. And I also m- try to protect myself. So I forgive, but I know that at any given moment, you know, you d- that's a strike. So you get two more strikes. You know what yeah. I mean? So you got two strikes. I know. You said Edward and you kicked me out. <laughs> but like Solomon, Solomon and like other people explain, they're like, oh, you know, it was, it was a really like weird time nobody had experienced that they didn't know what to do you know and i i was actually really sad when i was at your apartment like i was going through my own shit so i'm just like laying around and so i was like well because do you know the thing that threw me over the edge what when you know i went crazy i went to trader joe's i called a woman a cunt i mean it was like i was not handling yeah. things well right. i've lived a not a pa- i've been to jail but like my parents pampered me. They really did. They had horrific lives, and they really tried to make sure I didn't. Yeah. Um. And it really freaked me out. But I remember I came back from Trader Joe's with all this bullshit. It didn't even fit in the freezer. And you went, you didn't get any LaCroix? And I w- And then I went to the liquor store to go buy beverages, and you were like, well, can you grab this and that? And it was raining. And I was like, this bitch isn't going to come with me. I'm like, she's not helping me. She's mad I didn't get LaCroix. And now I'm walking in the rain with LaCroix. And I don't remember I re- any of that. And I don't remember that. you took a frozen meal out and went, can you heat this up for me? I don't. Re- I did not do <laughs> you that. Did. You're a fucking lie. You did. Lisa, now and that, I heated now, it up. Now you lying on me. It was the pesto tortellini. <laughs> now you lying on me now. You lie, Lisa. How are you going to do that during Women International Women's Day? <laughs> it's International you, Women's Day. You are lying. Those are the little moments I remember that I blew up in my head. Because because if I had the skills that I have now to communicate, I would have in that moment said, Sid, get your own damn LaCroix. Right. And that would have been squashed and done. Yeah. But instead, it like fueled me and I became resentful even within that 24 hours of you instead of just saying something and then us laughing you were you were freaking out i was going I to was, walgreens buying hormel chili like I what was, have i eaten that you had brought you had bought so much stuff that was just like not usable it I was wasn't like, even filling into the freezer i was like what what are you gonna do with this and then 
And then after you have spent all that, I was I I put money down. I said, "Hey, well, that was awful." Because that was after I kicked you out. You put money down, which was um, uh, very embarrassing for me. <laughs> that you knew what you 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 knew that I no no no. I said, "Well, you have that bought, felt you awful. Ha- you have bought all this stuff. I didn't give you, you time. We- I didn't communicate my feelings. I wasn't able to, and it." That I felt, I probably felt more shame there than the tweets, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, the thing is that I was because re- I also did it poorly. Because also we could have hung out, and I could have been like, "Listen, Sid, I really don't think long term you can stand the living room. Like, I'm, I don't know how yeah, to handle I didn't, the pandemic. I, was, I wasn't planning. But you on- had just woke up. And I was like, you need to get the fuck. Like, I wasn't oh, yeah, you cordial. Were, I wasn't no, kind. I were, was all the wrong things. You were so... That, that's why I was so embarrassed. I couldn't even call <laughs> you to apologize because I couldn't believe I acted that way in a time of struggle and stress. You put me in the cab. You're like, yeah, bye. I was like, damn. Her- I, was, I was like, Lisa is gutter right now. She's not playing no... And I was like, the whole thing, I was just, I was sad period you know what i yeah. mean so and i didn't real i don't think i understood depra- i don't it took i've learned a lot you're right over the past years. i couldn't i couldn't even articulate how no. sad i was before all of that shit went down so i was like i didn't i knew i had other places to go so i wasn't that worried i just was confused because i was like lisa wanted me to stay here. i did that's what she fucked. asked me. i begged you to stay with me <laughs> i was like I like meet me here. We're gonna do this. Yeah. So I was really surprised, but you know, and I talked about her on my Patreon episode, and people were like, "Damn, that's fucked up." Like, and I had said I didn't say your name, but I was like, "It was a white woman," so they, yeah. you know, they were dragging you because they were like, "But when things happen, people panic, and it shows sometimes the worst of them." Yeah. So you know, Solomon was like girl it's fine like this would not normally happen you know she wouldn't normally kick you out so um no but that's like that's the whole thing it's like you your true personality or whatever shine like when (laughs) shit hits the fan so to me that's why i was like i couldn't even face you that's how embarrassed i was well you were worried about your parents you there was a lot of things that was going on too and I knew i wasn't being that helpful because i was like all i could do is lay on his couches but i wish i was able to be kind i wish i was kind and generous how i want to be and like thinking of especially what's happening in ukraine now and how everyone has to help each other thinking Mm -hmm. what my parents have been through and like you only survive these things with people yeah to make someone leave but that money you left on your way out was the real like spinning the knife of myself like well, Loathing, because you, and I deserved it. No, I was, well, because you I had you got you had extra stuff because you were like, oh, another person is going to be here. So you were also panicking. And then you did take a pizza on the way out, which I respect. I did. I was you were like, like you know a, what? I might as well I'm get a pizza. pizza. Yes, <laughs> and I did. I think. But I learned that like I have to be even when I'm sad or depressed. Like I have to be helpful. Like that. That's just what it is. I. It would doesn't matter who it was. I would have been on that couch. Like I can't move. I have to stay. And I wish I we, we've become deeper friends since then too. Yeah. I think it would have. I I don't think. Hopefully, we never have to go through something like that again. Even though we're in the mid, I don't. Who knows? Yeah. I don't think that would happen now. No. No, you would tell me, You'd but like, I couldn't believe that you, you were like, bitch. Me. You were like, bitch, get up. <laughs> I was sad. I was like, I thought you that called we were, me right away. I thought we were really close friends, and I I took it very personal. And you know, I had complained about it to. You know, Marie, over and over. Of course. And she was tired of hearing it. She was like, girl, you got to 
Like, we got to move on. But do you remember what, like, I commented on something and you wrote back, like, tweeted back, and it was just, like, so funny? Yeah, do you I remember pro- what it was? No, but I know <laughs> that I was, like, I felt, I was, like, I'm going to be shady now. Yeah. She knows that I'm here. I didn't die. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you didn't message me to see if I got back to New York or anything. You were just... Shame. Yeah, but things happen and... It was like true shame. That was like, I could not face you because I felt so embarrassed and bad Everybody, and Everybody has to come to a point where they're like, forgive, move on. How do we do better? Like, you can't get mad at somebody for doing something awful if like, you know, they black out. Because I really felt like you blacked out when you were making the moves that you made. Um, and you felt bad after. So, like, there was remorse. You just didn't know how to talk to me about it. But I think I'm a good no, person. No, just kept commenting on your photos like, you look beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just like, I, I, people make mistakes, man. People, nobody's perfect. Everybody deserves some kind of grace. And everybody wants to be, like, so high on their horse and self-righteous. And it's, where does that get you? It doesn't get you anywhere. What if something happens to you? You would want that same grace. You yeah. would, you need it. So I'm very understanding and forgiving because I know that I'm, I've already messed up or I might do something messed up in the future and just understand that I'm not coming from a bad place and I just need assistance yeah. from being a better person. So... I'm glad we went through that because now you know never to fucking do that again. No, I no, I, I said this on Solomon's episode. Like, I don't think I really understood forgiveness until that moment. And I don't know if I would have been able to forgive someone if they did that to me. Really? I now I would, but I would be I would feel I, I would feel sad like you did probably. Like, wait, this is my friend. You're leaving me out here in this COVID. Like, but then we started talking and I immediately felt better. I was like, I'd rather you be my friend. I like um, we I would have been more upset not speaking and talking and doing what we do than um and maybe that's a self-worth thing of mine. <laughs> I don't know, but I really enjoy your company and your friendship and us talking at all hours and, you know, you give me good advice. So, yeah, I'd rather have Did that. Did any than- of your friends go, "Wait, why are you hanging out with her again?" No. No. I mean, Marie laughed. She was like, y'all gonna be friends again. Like, it's... She was she was disappointed. She yeah. was very disappointed, but... Yeah. She's like, Sydney, I already know what she was doing. You probably weren't helping. You was sleeping. You was being a mess. Like, you was in the way. She was probably lifting shit. You wasn't helping. Like, Marie knows me and knows how I get down. She's just like, I would've kicked your ass out. <laughs> she did say that. I do remember that. <laughs> I would've kicked you out as well, girl. Yeah, I mean, I, I love this idea of this podcast of enemies and, like, getting people together and just I I truly think that at this age it's like we've seen it all we've seen so much and it's like people deserve a little bit of leeway because it's better for you I feel better when I don't hold grudges yeah yeah I can go to bed at night and not have my brain spinning in circles thinking about the fucked up shit that people have done and I asked this to our Daniel Byer Jackson, <laughs> friendship coach, and mm-hmm. I'll ask you, you don't have to answer, but being friends with white people who are inherently racist and do fucked up shit, how do you navigate when your white friends fuck up in terms of that? I mean, we talked after my tweet and stuff, but like, I'm probably going to say something dumb again. 
I hope nothing not racial. not like that. But <laughs> even when I said something about where I was like, "Oh, I love the memes during Black History Month," yeah. and you were like, "Do not say it. that." Yeah. Like, how do you kind of how do you navigate putting up with the, like our white friendships worth it or something? Like, I don't even know. They are they are worth it in the sense that like I see how things can be so light. You know, like for most of the time when I'm friends with my white friends. I don't even call them white friends, but it's just like my friends that are not black, their issues are different. The the complications in this industry is it's not the same. They're not going through the same stuff that all the other, you know, comedians that are not of white complexion deal with. And so when we're chatting, it's just it it just it's definitely feel light. But I would think that the turmoil that you see everybody going through visibly online and even I try to talk about you know, the stuff that I deal with as, you know, who I am. Maybe people don't see the ups and downs that I have because I'm pretty. But, um, you know, I have just as much issues as anybody else in comedy or whatever. But, you know, I would hope that what you do directly affects me. Like when you are not, when you are not taking into consideration other people that are not in the same socioeconomic class or, you know, race, it affects, it affects us. And so if I see, you know, my white friends just being ignorant, not knowing certain other black comedians, it's not that many of us. (laughs) When I mention this name, you, this is your job. You literally need to know who else is out here. Not just me, not just Marie, not just Paris Sachet. Like you, you have to go out of your way because I make sure that I know all these random fucking people that are in L.A. and, you know, Minnesota and Florida. Like, why do I know their names and you don't know this person who's three degrees away from me? That's that I would hope that they would do that work so that I don't have to fucking work. I don't want to have to teach nobody. I'm not mm-hmm. a teacher. I'm bad at it. I don't can't even teach myself sometimes. So it's just like whenever you do dumb shit, I hope that you're like, damn, does this affect you know, one of the few black friends that I have, which is, you know, straight up. I will say this. I do get mad when um, I see a lot of, like you, other, like your pages will just be white. Like all your friends are white. Everywhere you're going is white. You're like, it'll be all these white comedians, white friends, white babies. I'd be like, who, I know that you have other friends, but that's not on your page. It's it's annoying. That bothers me because it's like, I know you have other friends, but these are the people that you are closest with and that are on your page. And it just looks like you don't have any diversity in your life, which is not true. No, I don't know if I've realized that my page is so white. A lot of y'all pages are white. No, I definitely, when I go to parties or events or wedding or stuff, I, I'm like, wow, everyone's white here. It's annoying. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably annoying to see, but it's also like, it's not like making our lives better. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like. It's it's like, it's a little thing that it's not a big deal to you. But, you know, Ray Sani had put up a, like a tweet years ago. It was like a, a it was only one black girl in this picture of white people. And she's like, the the pain that girl has being in this photo and then posting it and thinking that this is the look. And I'm like, after that, I w- I've been more 
strategic with when I post stuff because it's like, I don't want to be that girl. I don't want to be that only one. It just, mm-hmm. but a lot of times I am and it's annoying. It's, it doesn't look good. Yeah. And so that's stuff that they don't have, to, that y'all don't have to think about because most of the photos that you're taking, you're going to be around people that look like you. Yeah. So I, I hope that in saying this, y'all are more aware of how y'all posting. It just, during Black Lives Matter, all of it was black, 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 black. But then after that, it was like... Yeah, it's Oscar so white, but like Instagram so white. Yeah. And it, it it's not a big deal, but internally it is. I'll be looking at people like, you claim that you're this person, but it doesn't... If I look at your page, it does not. It looks like you're like everybody else. But you're a close yeah. friend of mine. So it's like, that, it does bother me. Because I have That's pictures of I have pictures of everybody. You know what I mean? I make sure that it's it's even enough or, you know, I'm just posting pictures of Marie so nobody thinks nobody gets jealous, you know. But I see a, I see it in everybody. I see it in close, close friends of mine. I look at their page and it's like it's like you don't have any other friends other than just white people. Thank you for telling us. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. But can I it. bring something else? Can I like the opposite? Like what yeah. I don't like mm-hmm. is what about the people that are like, oh, fuck, my life is white. I got to go collect black friends. Right. Right. Like that is I hate when yes. I see that or like people, you know, but the, you know that you're not city. you know that you're not that person. No, but I'm I'm curious about that. Like and just like that where she's like, oh, no, these black people are gonna be the only ones at dinner. I need to invite other black people. Oh, well, no, we don't have black friends. Let's find a black friend. Right. And that. That seems insulting. Yes, yes. So it's hard. That's why it's hard to bring up because it's like, no, do what you've been doing because that's what you do and I don't want you to be not I'll authentic. Be aware of that. But not be authentic. But I I see it and I think it's 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 a little tired because it's like you saw everything that happened and you're still, this is still the the people that you surround yourself all the time with. I know that that's not true because I know you hang out with other people. Yeah. These are just the pictures that you post because... I don't know. This what looks good? I I don't know. But no, but I think the well, correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're getting at too is like I don't even think about it. No. I'm just posting photos mm-hmm. of people and it's yeah, white people have to just think about things less. Mhm. Yeah. And, and that and that and that like that hurts in just in itself looking that like oh yeah. you, this is not even something you have to think about. Like sometimes I get nervous I have a lot of white friends and then that's all I'm reposting. It's like, how am I helping if I'm just boosting? These are my friends. I want to boost them. But it's like you also need to make sure that it's even and looks right because I'm side eyeing myself if I'm not. These people are already doing well. You're boosting them because you're friends. But like there's other people who actually need the boosting, you know? Yeah. So these are things that just think about. You're not my enemy, but you know. No, it's good to think about it. But have you have you ever been in a situation where you can tell someone's tra- like treating you like a Pokemon or no? Yeah, we don't. I don't fuck with those people. Those, but I, you see, like you can yeah. see it from a mile away. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen some of these like podcast girls. They like they'll have them on as guests, but then when you see their page and they all the people they hang out with, these is this is only a transaction of podcasting. This is not your real world. You're yeah. trying to be inclusive. Well, yeah, or it's the thing of like. You're, the black person at your office does not consider you a friend. Right. But that is your black friend right. or whatnot. And that's like fucked. Your black friend that you not even posted on your page. Yeah. So it's, it's, 
it's crazy. Like, it's just something that I see a lot. And it's hard to say, hey, you need to do better because I don't want you to be who you're not. This is what you're posting. But I'm looking at you like you claim that you are so diverse. Well, what are you? What's, so, so today when I post, I'm you you that's not you you have done you repost i know that you're doing it right but like but it's something i don't think about now no. I, I get to think about it right right just in the future just pass it along to other people like oh you don't look at your page and be like that's a lot of white on the page no no the, the, the but when mu- I'm out and about in public, the music that you listen to, the things that no, like you in like. Soul Cycle yeah. this week, when we were listening to Boys to Men, and there was not one black person in the room. Yeah, and then it's a room of fifty white women singing Boys to Men. It is weird, and I notice it immediately. Yeah, yeah. I don't that's, love that's, it. Yeah, that's that's all my, my that's all my thing is just like think about it, think about it, and be aware of it because I'm aware of it all the time. Like there's not a moment where I'm just like not. Like being free and not having to think about a fucking thing, you know? Yeah. The only time I get to do that is like, oh, you know, we're at the knit. Everybody is having a fucking good time and taking pictures and it's not, you know, a big deal. But I have had people that put a note on comedy at the knit that we don't book white men or something like that. Who wrote like, that? Somebody had, there was a, something that going around that they're like, oh, I saw that the knit, um, they wrote a note like, oh, don't even bother hitting them up if you're a white, a straight white guy or something like that. And I was like, the fucking nerve, the, nerve. the fucking nerve that you think that three black women like we're taking in everybody. But yeah, if you're not a funny straight white man, yeah, we don't fucking need you on the show. Yeah, I recently was in a convo with um, some people. And one of the white guys was like, you know, we've had a good for way too long. So I'm really happy with what's happening with the bookings and I'm ready to step back. And it's like, honey, you're not stepping back. You're material. You're not good. Yeah, <laughs> like, period. You're not like making you're not stepping aside to help your fellow like black people. You're like. You're not good. Yeah. <laughs> You're not I, good. You would not have this, whether it was like a reckoning or people were more aware of stuff or not. Like, But that's what they need good. to say to make themselves feel better. Yeah. But it's like the nerve you put that note on there. Like we're being we're bad. We're it's. Oh, we are fucked up. And for... it's, I think it's also you, because you guys are women. Because Hannibal started that show as a black, like as a black show. Yeah, but he was putting on. It, it, he was being casual he, about everybody it. who was funny and up and coming. Like he was, they were on that show. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so that's what we're yes. doing. We're doing the same thing. But it's like if we send a tape in the first like three seconds it's like uh uh yeah i'm like no i'm <laughs> no. not why are you wasting my time it's also what i like to say is it is the best show in town so why are you why do you feel so entitled to do the best show in town and to speak to the bookers the way you everybody speak to should them? be able to like ask that's fine but don't be harassing me like we're doing a bad job of booking because nobody is complaining the people who are coming and buying tickets this show is fucking fantastic. We had a blast. So, like, it's not about you. It's about yeah. the fucking people who are coming and sitting down and also the comedians who feel this is a safe space to work on stuff and have fun because some shows fucking suck. Yeah. You know? So, 
Whatever. This was great. Whatever. Lisa, we we're we gotta go out to eat. I know. So that's why it's, we're ending it's this. It's literally <laughs> six seventeen. You have oh, a show no. at eight. Yeah, we, but I can tell them I'll be late. Okay. We well, well, we'll see we'll what go. the wait is there. The place is you said is six, six minutes minute drive. Away. Okay. So we're about so to So let's get the hell out of here. But we could talk for hours because that's what we do. So No, this was amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Love I love you blast. forever. I love you too. Let's go eat seafood. Solid friend. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Did you guys love how deep that went? And now are you all checking your Instagrams to make sure that it's not all white and you have people in your lives, but also not Pokemon going black people? I'm so impressed and touched, honored, thrilled that I have friends that are able to be honest, open, vulnerable, go through shit, call each other out. She did say she did not do certain things, but she sure did. She sure did. Um, no, that was incredible. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Follow Sydney, comment on stuff I'll post it online. Like, let's get involved. Tell your friends. Let's get some ads, guys. I want sponsors. Like, let's get this party fucking going. Oh, also, I had enemies. I brought all this equipment, multiple mics, like all this stuff. And my enemies canceled on me again and then set up suggestions and then cancel. So Shane Gillis, go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? If you don't want to do the podcast, just say no. It's so easy to say no. But to say yes, give dates, not respond back, cancel, reschedule, cancel, go fuck yourself. You're a pussy, but that's actually a compliment. So I take that back. But for you to play these games and me travel with all this shit is so fucking annoying. And this last time I have um, another kind of frenemy enemy I want to have on. And he was like, well, I'll do it with him. So he wanted backup and someone to have next to him. And then they both fucking cancel, like wouldn't respond even though though I was willing to do a lot to meet with them. So Shane Gillis, you're an idiot. Um, Say yes and do it or just say no. Like stop people pleasing, stop being a weirdo, learn how to communicate. You knew how to communicate really well when you said racist ass shit to someone I know backstage in Chicago. You know, is that why you don't want to come on? Because you can't just like you know, admit to stuff and actually apologize because you make money off of people who love that you're a racist. So it's like you act like a victim because you lost your SNL job and you're so fucking sad about it. Yet you make money off of the people who love that you're racist. So it's like, which one is it? Are you so sorry and you're not a bad guy? Or do you love money that you get from fucking incels? So whatever. I get why you're scared to come on or be honest or be real in any way. You'd rather cry to our mutual friends about how I'm so mean to you. But yeah, so, you know, we'll see if he ever comes on or not. I played really nice, 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 such nice professional emails. And now I'm just like, you know what, bitch? Go fuck yourself. So annoying. Um, also, positive shout out to my girl, Lacey. Thank you so much, Lacey Tells. Um, yeah, I love my new hair. I love my color. I love my cut. You've brought a new spring to my step, and I love hairstylists. I also did see, I guess from last week, Noam at the Comedy Cellar, hung out. We interacted. That's so cool to not have tension in public spaces. It feels really, really great. Um, God, every time I say um, I feel so bad. So I think I'm probably our producer, Trisha's enemy, for all the ums she has to take out of this episode thank you so much for listening please don't forget to call into our line we have great advice for everybody 
or not really, <laughs> or mediocre advice. But thank you so much. We're obsessed. I don't know who we are, me and these cats. I'm obsessed with all of you. Don't forget, 323-677-1943. Enemies is a headgum podcast. Trish Hadley is our executive producer, engineer, and editor. Katie Moose is our supervising producer from Headgum. Me, Lisa Traeger, I am also a producer. Hello. Thank you so much, Carly Jean Andrews, for the cover art. You're incredible. Jack Krause, thank you for the theme music. I love it. Please follow me on Instagram at either at GlitterCheese or at Enemies Podcast. Tell us about your own enemies by emailing enemiesthepodcast at gmail.com or calling 323-677-1943. That was a HeadGum Podcast.